time once again for a unique global perspective from the show that asks not what you can do for your country, but what your government is doing to you and other culinary fun facts. Throw in the O from Gitmo Nation East in southwest London. I'm Adam Curry. I'm John C. Dvorak here in Gitmo Nation West, Northwest by Northwest Mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley North. Or wherever, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere over there on the west coast. <laughs> somewhere from parts that I mean, we used to watch have wrestling in the Bay Area when they before you know before the WWF became WWE before they existed, and there used to be this one guy that was one of these traveling wrestlers. I guess they went to all these various little areas, and it was always from. From parts unknown. Yeah, from parts unknown. Yeah. Wait, wasn't that something on like the the early Tonight Show? Didn't they say that as well? From parts unknown. Maybe, or maybe even on the radio. I think it was. It wasn't Ray Stevens. It was one of these other guys who was always like some sort of weird champion, mm-hmm. and he always came from parts unknown. Mm-hmm. He Ray some- Stevens actually was. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens was this this blonde haired uh, uh, wrestler that was supposedly uh, the he was the world champ or something and he was and he was supposedly from Reno even though he lived in Hayward mm-hmm. uh, California you could see him driving around once in a while he had a big Cadillac and but this, of, this is when uh, the wrestlers didn't have these extravagant outfits that just had kind of like um, wife beater wrestling suits on. Yeah, gen- or just you know the, whatever the trunks were, but they uh, it wasn't like as elaborate as uh, it wasn't as much show business as it, it was still fake, but it wasn't you know done uh, quite this way. I'm hearing myself. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was my my fault. You shouldn't be hearing so yourself anyway, now. Yes. So anyway, Stevens uh, w- was the master of um, climbing up to the top rope. Oh, and of, doing the and, uh, and doing the. And the big flying slam. down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Superfly, Superfly. When I was in college, that's what we always were waiting for because all we had was uh, Superstation WTBS through a terrestrial uh, reception, like a coat hanger in West Virginia, mind you. And uh, we'd always be waiting for the wrestling. It'd be Superfly here. Oh, shit. Oh, no. He's going to do the Superfly. We lived there for very a couple little. of these guys. <laughs> Yeah, apparently we. There was also a guy that was. The, there was always an Arab that was a bad guy. The sheik was doing that era. <laughs> the, you're right. There was always a, a. It was starting back then. There was always a horrible Arab. <laughs> yeah, he's always, and he always cheated. <laughs> oh wait a minute! I have something for you. Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait. Okay, here we go. Speaking of Arabs, uh, I have a quiz, John. You ready? Go. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. The quiz is loading. One second. <laughs> okay. Who 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 made the following remark? Hold on. Uh, the following remark. Obviously, he will influence the president to be pro-Israel. Why wouldn't he be? What is he? An Arab? He's not going to clean the floors of the White House. Who was that who was quoted saying this in the Israeli Marif Daily? Who was quoted as saying it? I mean, or who are they talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Who, who, who said that? Who made that quote? I'll give you the quote again if you'd like to hear it, John, for double jeopardy. Obviously, he will influence the president to be pro-Israel. Why wouldn't he be? What is he, an Arab? He's not going to clean the floors of the White House. Um, let's see. Who would that be? Uh, Pat Buchanan. No, that is uh, Benjamin Emanuel, father of Rahm Emanuel. Huh. <laughs> You think that's a little racist, perhaps? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's pretty funny. 
It's outrageous is what it is. So anyway, so the well, Rahm Emanuel's a character for sure. I mm. hate to get in his way. So, so, so we had uh, the anyway, Sheik, the Arab. The, the, the Arab evil, was the Sheik, Arab. and he had a, I think he was one of two or three guys who had this. There's a lot of these guys that weren't that competent. I mean, until uh, much many years later where you had a wrestler like Ric Flair, who in his younger days was, you know, he was in My a... My God, a, you, you remember all these names, John. Were you a, like a real fan? Were you into it? No, but anyway, but it's hard. How could you forget these some of these guys? But anyway, Ric Flair was interesting because he was he was never in the WWE or F as it was was once referred to. He was in the competitive uh, uh, conference or whatever you want to call it, or show. And but he was one <laughs> show, of the most. Yeah. He was always. I remember reading some wrestling forums once, and they kept talking about this guy. I never saw him. Then when I finally saw him, I said, "Oh my god!" I mean, he was actually some. He was like an acrobat in right. his heyday. I mean, he would fly around and do all kinds of weird holds and spin around and grab. You know, just jump into the air, grab a guy by his neck with his legs and and, and flip around in some funny way and get the guy in some crazy hold and then you know break his spirit. Anyway. And it, 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 what really happened is then the entrances started to be the whole thing, right? And the theme tunes and the chicks well, and well, the big explosions. I think explosions. a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these guys can't do that kind of thing. Because <laughs> no, one thing, right. you can't do it if you're over so pumped up and so big. You can't. You know, uh, you're, not, you're not very uh, bendable. You're not well. You're not bendable. You're also too heavy, and you could really hurt yourself if you did some of the stuff. I'm sure Ric Flair hurt himself a lot too, but he wasn't a big fat guy. But anyway, in the, I think in the early days there was always a few guys that were talented, actually could do athletic stuff, but most of them weren't. And so they had this 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 supposed hold, which I suppose could be real, um, called the claw. And I think it was, I think the Sheik and a couple of these other guys had it. And what they do is they couldn't really wrestle. But they they grab the guy in the stomach with their big hand. The claw. And then they would be, oh, they've got him in the, he's got him in oh, the no, claw. Oh, no, he's in the claw. It's all over now, sports fans. <laughs> and this guy just be squeezing his gut. So um, I met, I, I met Hulk Hogan. I told you I worked with him. Oh, on, yeah? Uh, yeah, on ABC Circus of the Stars. I'm still trying well, to find video of that because that was fun. Hogan was the guy I think that actually made. He, oh yeah, he he, he he was the the first mega global superstar in the uh, in the arena. And I never saw him as much of a wrestler either. I mean, his whole g gimmick was that, you know, he was kind of media. He could run back and forth and bounce off the ropes and, you know. Well, he was the arm. good guy, right? He was fighting, you know, he was for all you Hulkamaniacs, all you little kids out there. You know, the Hulk is for good. Yeah, he was, but he, he was an evil character for a short time too, because they have yeah. to. They always have to do that. You got to switch guys. around. Yeah, but anyway, so he wasn't very. I didn't think he was much of a wrestler, but he had. Um, <laughs> John, you can't say these things seriously. I don't think he was much of a wrestler. Well, no, John, that, no, uh huh, no kidding. <laughs> no, when I say that, I mean that he, in terms of you know his ability to do all these crazy things in the ring, even though they're you know they're they're orchestrated. I didn't think he had a good variety. That's what I mean. So uh, he and but his whole act was I think was a throwback uh, in, in the, uh, to something they don't even do anymore. In the early days of wrestling before it became highly commercialized, and, every, and I'm always wondering why you know, they, they, I don't see this at all. You'd see the same scenario go as follows. You'd have a good guy and a bad guy. And the and they go back and forth and back and forth and the good guys start to win and then you get the bad guy where he's just gonna beat him and he's gonna the bad guy's gonna lose and the bad guy would get on his hands and knees and beg for mercy. 
Yeah. <laughs> he'd beg and beg and beg and beg, and the good guy would say, well, okay. Oh, I guess all right, I'll let you. And then he'd come right and he'd sucker punch him. Right. Sucker punch him right in the gut. It, it sounds, and, it and, sounds and, a lot like the early podcasting community, actually. <laughs> so, any, so anyway, so what, what Hogan, you know, he kind of evolved that into something kind of different. It, it, there was never the begging thing because he was always the good guy, but he had to somehow turn turn into something else. And so what he did, which I, and he did, of course, he did it every time. It was ridiculous. The the guy, whoever he was wrestling, would be beating him, you know, and then he'd be beating him bad, and he'd be beating him worse and worse and worse, and then he'd get the guy and he'd he'd do something to Hogan or he'd you know, bang him over the head with a chair. He'd do something <laughs> that would make Hogan snap. The folding chairs are always good, yeah. Yeah, and so Hogan would like he'd he'd like you could see it. He you know supposedly he has snapped into a different person and he's gone crazy, and so then he ripped off his shirt and he would be shaken and then the guy would come up and do, keep doing what he was doing earlier which is pounding him but it wouldn't budge him hogan wouldn't budge because now he's like a suit he's changed he's morphed mm. and so they into hulk hogan get the hulk thing was kind of you know a reference to the the comic book and so the guy would be pounding him, pounding him, pounding him, and then Hogan would do nothing but just stare at him and look mean. And the guy would freak, and then Hogan would go after him and then just brutalize him, and then he'd win the match. Uh, you know, that was never as interesting or as dramatic as the guy begging for mercy and then sucker punching the guy as soon as he got mercy. It was yep. just, you know, that... that but you know, oh. the, that, that, that scam or that theater, I should say, has now spawned three generations. My, my little nephews, you know, my nephew is nine, ten years old. And two, up until two years ago, it was like, I, you know, I could not be a bigger hero by showing up uh, whenever I saw him with something from The Rock. You know, if I had a, a Rock t-shirt or, the, rock. you know, The Rock, whatever it was, you know, then I was the hero. <sighs> Yeah, that's another character that kind of you know he he didn't the stay rock. around too long because he had other things. Well, to do Jesse Ventura went on to an interesting career in politics. Yeah, but he never really fully left the sport. In fact, even when he was the governor, he did a uh, he did some sports casting for the WWE. Uh, E guy uh, McMahon uh, when he started McMahon was and he had a has a weird ego he's, he's actually the son if you look at his if you research him he's the son of a old wrestling promoter from way back when and he's the one who's kind of modernized the sport but then he got a, a, a hair up his ass about the fact he could do he could outdo the NFL so he came up with this extreme football the XFL. And and the and the selling point was it was going to be uh, you know the the football players are all going to be it's going to be similar to the wrestling it's going to be choreographed in some way there's going to be a lot of hot cheerleaders and the football players are going to get paid a fixed fixed salary oh right yeah right. that'll that'll fly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, this is, what is this guy crazy? So he's so he's gonna have you know he's gonna end. It, I don't know what he was thinking. So they ha so the best players they could get were all crummy, and uh, you know they had us. I think they had a team in the Bay Area, and I, you know, it's one of these things that I just you know I saw it coming, and I saw it go, and I never thought to buy some XFL football hats or a shirt or oh, something. Oh, and of I course, mean, they're collector's items now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was a collector's item from the get-go. You, are you and just I one big eBay at your house? I mean, do you just have, is everything just stacked up in boxes of no, cool that's shit? that's the point. I didn't, I don't get it. You know, I, these, when <laughs> some of these things come by, I don't, you know, take action. I'm, no, I don't have a lot. I don't do any eBay stuff. No, no, I, 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 I think no. that you'd have so much memorabilia that you, that you are like eBay. Oh, oh, 
I got a lot of mail. Yeah, I got a lot of junk. <laughs> there you junk. go. Junk. Yeah. There you go. Junk. I got a lot of junk. That's so, what I meant. Uh, but anyway, so that thing was a fiasco and it was but Jesse Ventura was one of the announcers on the thing and he 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 got himself into huge trouble with the media in Minnesota cuz he was still the governor and he was going on about media, you know, he was having to act like, you know, the phony announcers that they have on these things. So he had to have this tough voice and he had to talk about the puke media and how they didn't you think much of their football league and they're a bunch of pukes. Uh, you know, really? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it went on and on. And so when he went back to Minnesota, you know, it was like whoops. You know, they were just they were just giving it to him, and so he actually, I think they, you know, it made him pretty made his life pretty miserable. It was kind of stupid. Mm. You know, he could never make up his mind what he wanted to do. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, as, as he actually had a lot of potential as a politician, but uh, he, I don't think he had it in him. Well, I think, well, he uh, people seem to be pretty happy with him with the with the job he did as a politician. No, I don't know. If you talk to people from Minnesota, I don't think they're that jacked up about it. But now they put in Franken. I mean, it's like obviously Minnesota's our crackpot state. <laughs> is he finally in now? I mean, is it is it official? Is no, I, is, is I, the race no, over? Or are they still counting? There's a suit going on, but I think he's going to win it. Mm. It's inauguration weekend, John. Yeah, I heard that. And, well, who's 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 get, getting in? Well, <laughs> I'm practicing throwing the O. I'm. Uh, it's yeah, we got. <laughs> Throwing the o. Have, have you seen uh, Mevio today for the weekend? No, I haven't yet. Uh, you fire it up, man. While while we're talking, just go take a look at it because I uh, I've I've essentially claimed. Oh, I'm claiming the whole thing. I'm throwing the o left and right. Good. <laughs> so we uh, John sent me a, an image um, Friday, I think. While we're having some kind of meeting, that's when we're always on Skype sending each other silly stories and, and pictures. And back, it's, it's called the back channel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I see, see I'm it. throwing the O, right? You like it? Yeah, you kind of made it look like a... Uh, well, wait a minute. It's, uh, go to the end. Uh, or no, wait, in the beginning. It's right in the first segment. Yes, yeah, right at the beginning, but yeah. you're you're. Uh, it's more of a square that you're making. You didn't make it a perfect O. Well, no, wait a minute. I'd do it again. That was just kind of the start. And also, I didn't it want... It's more like an onion. <laughs> I'm throwing the it. onion, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the new Obama salute, which um, uh, consists of making an O with your... With your hands and holding that above your head, and yeah, uh, I, I'm totally convinced this is going to take off. For, that's why I immediately started the wave, man. Yeah, I no, did I a, uh, I did like a 20 minute interview with Maggie on Daily Source Code yesterday. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh yeah, fantastic. Well, I first saw that O thing on a uh, obscure blog, and somebody was grossed out by it, and uh, which is that image that I sent you. Mm-hmm. And it's, but as soon as I saw it, I said, "This is this. I could see this catching, catching on. on. You know, yeah, very similar to it. There, there you go again. With so your O is not O it ish enough. Well, you don't think I actually want to do the seek O salute? I mean, I'm I'm just trying to bring it to everyone's attention. Yeah, well, you did that. That's good. That's the, so. Um, that's my point. But anyway, I think it would be. I think it would be cool if the well, in, in some surreal sense, it would be cool if if people, you know, at the Obama rally with at least two or three million people that are going to be at this thing, not seeing anything except the giant screens, which will be all over the place. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, if they if they started doing it, so everyone was everyone. Oh, oh, kind of like Queen, Radio Google, Radio Gaga. Throw me the Ono. Yeah. And I think that'd be cool if they were uh, doing that. 
Don't you think? I think it's going to be it's going to look very cool in forty years from now when uh, people are uh, researching the uh, the great rise of. Uh, you know, but we also be good. I think of uh, the Fourth Obama Reich. Should, <laughs> I think Obama, in fact, should when they have these military things, he, he should, should throw the, oh. the good no and reintroduce the goose step. <laughs> I don't think he would look good can, doing it, wouldn't it? But he could do a little twist to it, like you know, a little uh, Beyonce, like uh, 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 goose step, uh, 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 goose I think step. He, say if he had a military group going by uh, with doing the goose step, <laughs> goose step, goose step, goose step, and then they all they would all throw the O on on bam, just bam, they throw the bam, O and then oh, they go back oh. to the goose step. I think would be extremely uh, photogenic. Oh, you're tripping me out. Don't you think it would be cool? Yes, I think it's frightening, but yeah, it would be cool. It would fit. It would fit right in line with the expectations, wouldn't it? Now, yeah, for us oh. anyway. Oh my goodness! For us and our crazy audience that thinks that. Yeah, uh, who, who by the way we love dearly, love you dearly, audience. Yeah, so, in fact, if you could get more of your ilk to listen to the show, then we're yeah, we'd love you even more. Yeah. So, so um, uh, uh, I estimate I saw. I'm gonna. Well, it's hard to, to estimate, but at least twenty thousand people in uh, in London today. And I'm looking at BBCNews.com at the homepage. Uh, Obama begins historic rail trip. Missing girl and man seen on CCTV. Uh, the secret below Grand Central Station. Funny, there's nothing about uh, all these people who are uh, <laughs> who are demonstrating in the capital. <laughs> So you have a big demonstration going on, or was that today? Yeah, that was today. It was interesting. Um, you know, I've, I finally found some websites that, that are kind of organizing these demonstrations. And so they had an announcement for today assembling at Trafalgar Square, which is, oh, man, 10 minutes from here. Uh, so I took the kids up to go take a look. But it seemed like a lot of people were really talking about the demonstration that's coming next week on the 24th, which is interesting because the demonstration uh, is going to start at the broadcast house, that is uh, the BBC. Uh, people are apparently now really pissed off about the either one-sided or complete lack of reporting on the um, conflict in Gaza. Is this organized by that uh, communist group, the uh, International Answer, or anybody, any of these people, the Workers' Party, or what? Uh, who's doing this? Who's behind it? Yeah, I have Gen the. Uh, hold on a second. Generally speaking, these t kinds of things aren't even organized by people who are actually interested in the, what they're trying to get the protesters to bitch about. Well, I, I do like the fact that they're protesting the BBC. I think that by itself is pretty cool. Uh, let me see if I can find. I had the link somewhere. Uh, Stop war. This is it. Hold on. Uh, who's organizing global day of action dot dot org yeah bullshit so there's uh it's probably the same guys they they have a link they they actually have a pretty good uh online um they're pretty well matrix. organized they're they're organized. They, no they have a yeah. really good i actually tracked most of their sites down once years ago when they were in san francisco doing it with that little sign that answer a dot n dot s dot you know oh, that yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that thing is like fat i kept seeing it i said this is this is odd and it turned out to be the world's workers party it's a front mm -hmm. and uh which is a out and out communist organization uh, old, old style old school and they have a they had a slew of sites that linked to other sites and so you could find you know, you find all these various sites and then when you go and you but, but they always had a drop box for giving donations and mm -hmm. the drop box would always be would always trace back two ste steps back to the world's workers party mm -hmm. well here anyway, we go um this is the sure, stop stop the war coalition 
Does that sound familiar? The Stop the War Coalition was formed on September September 21st, 2001 at a public meeting of over 2,000 people in London. The platform statement above was ratified at public meetings. They seem... Uh, they seem pretty, yeah, so uh, pretty I'm sure organized. if you track these guys, if you track that back two or three steps, you're going to find these same people. Okay. Well, you're going to find, you know, Wesley Clark. He's going to be somehow involved. Officers. Let's see the officers. <clears throat> Andrew Murray, Lindsey German, Robin Best, Steve Bell, Andrew Bergen, uh, Communication Workers Union. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Here we go. Interesting. The. STWC Muslim Network, Iraqi Democrats Against op- Occupation, University and Colleges Union, Media Workers Against the War. <laughs> They're all the same. There's this, I'm telling Pole Dancers, Anonymous. <laughs> oh, dude, I got to tell you the story. So I had to go to Guilford uh, last night to drop off a couple things and, and pick some stuff up, including Christina's car, which I had conveniently parked in the lot uh, behind uh, my buddy uh, Michelle Harper's club, you know, the pole dancing club. I got 10 parking tickets. Um, so I took Dexter with me, Christina's Why did you get 10 parking tickets? Well, because I parked it there illegally for two weeks. That's uh, two times five working days, and I got a ticket for every day. But it was, Why was it illegal? I thought it was your buddy's place. It was a parking lot. No, I, you know, it's it's just a place I know I can park. <laughs> it had nothing to do. It's it's not oh, his. Okay. I mean, it's right behind ah, his place. The, gotcha, gotcha. the council owns it. So I took Dexter with me um, so that he could drive Christina's car back, uh, back into the city. And uh, my buddy Michelle just come back from Thailand, so I called him up. I said, hey, man, you know, uh, are, you, are you in the club? He says, yeah, come on by. I said, I got Dexter with me, and he's 19. I oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's not a problem. So I took uh, Dexter, 19, in for his first pole dance, for his first uh, private <laughs> private lap dance, and, and I got him two girls two girls to do a lesbian show for him. It was fun. You should have seen his face. It was the cutest thing ever. And then he, and he comes out from the private booth, right, with these two girls. And uh, and and it, there was no one in the club. It was it was us, right? Because it was early. It was like ten o'clock, and it, so it's right. us and ten girls around us. And they're all like, "Oh, was, oh, he's so cute." Was it his first time? And Dexter does like, "Well, in this country, yes." <laughs> oh. oh man, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> what did your daughter say to that? Uh, well, that that obviously was part of the mission was to piss off my daughter, you know, put her put her on edge a little bit, you know, let her know that you know we're still men. And uh, now she was she was cool because so uh, you know I came back and I said to Patricia I said uh, all right let's see what he tells her. And so this morning Christina says oh well Dexter told me about the lap dance I said oh yeah what did he say oh that it wasn't all that naked dude they're like completely naked spread eagle. and uh, i said did he mention it was two girls (laughs) no he didn't mention that like we're having so much fun with this (laughs) it's so mean what a dirty trick (laughs) no it's great i've got something over him now (laughs) forever he's indebted to me yeah i guess so uh, last night they had, uh, you know, there's a, you, I don't know if you watch Battlestar Galactica. Um, no, not, I mean, yeah, not be, really. Before, good. Before you say anything, I, and I hate to tell, I know a lot of people watch this show. I think it's one of the most dreadful science fiction things ever put on. I thought it was bad the first time it was <laughs> on the air years ago when they had, uh, you know, the clan from uh, Bonanza run in the group. And then it, it it's when they re- restarted the show like a few years ago, 
Uh, I watched the first episode because it was going to be a big deal, and I wrote a scathing piece on it. I should probably find it and blog it. I remember I thought, that. This is a couple of years back, isn't it? It was a number of years back. Yeah, I think I remember And it that. was so horrible that I just said, this is bad. I, I, I would maybe tune in once in a while just to see the hot blonde. There was some invisible blonde uh, who played by, I can't remember her name. I should remember it, but I can't. Um, actress uh who just really looks great on on camera and she would be coming she'd be in some guy's brain and she'd come out and she'd torment him and that, that was kind of funny but i couldn't stand the sh- stories they were slow moving they were uh, stupid and so i said so i got so one of my bloggers uh, one of my editors said apparently blogged up that's going to be the last season or this is, i thought it was going to be the last episode last night and mm-hmm. turns out to be the last of many last episodes yeah and what happened of course they found earth and it was blown to smithereens and they were all disappointed it was post obama clearly yeah, absolutely. So when um, they said it's all happened 2,000 years earlier, and meanwhile, so, so I turned the thing on, I figured, oh, maybe this is worth watching. So I start watching it. There's nothing that comes of the whole episode except the stupidity of the show. And I'm turning that maybe somebody can explain this to me. But one of the characters in the, sto- in the story who represents, I guess, the government or something within the group of these stupid ships is, is standing there wearing a suit and tie like – He's wearing like a Armani suit with a uh, you know uh, you know uh, an Armani uh, white shirt and a and a tie that from the looks of the width is from like two or three seasons ago. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in other words, when about it was probably shot. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. About two thousand five, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at this going. What the hell? What? What is the? Who's doing this show that they would have some guy in a, in a suit and tie, which apparently you know would would have been from two thousand years earlier by the timeline, and he's wearing a suit and tie like it's normal, and nobody's <laughs> saying anything to him, and I'm I'm thinking, why is the guy in a suit and tie? Why does anybody have a tie in the show? A tie, yeah. Particularly, what what is the year that this? Uh Supposedly, well, uh, I guess I don't know twenty two hundred or something like yeah. that. I, I have no idea, but I guess it's something like they're so you know, functional like, ties. You know, they, they make so much <laughs> sense. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's essentially a phallic adornment from it traces back to various you know movements within the fashion industry over time. But anyway, so um, so I so right away I'm irked. And then I try to watch the story, which has got all kinds of crappy background music. So no matter what anybody does, they're having a hit or an orchestra hit or they're, or they got dun, 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 or they got some horrible music or something, some crazy sounds to make it creepier than it is. And you don't know now at this point in the story, you don't know who the Cylons are because they've all morphed into human lookalikes. And now that they've discovered the 13th tribe is apparently Cylons and maybe we're Cylons, which is where I think this is headed, by the way, oh, which is okay. going to be quite annoying. But I'm not going to watch it anymore. I've had it. I can't stand the show, and I don't have much respect for people who think it's a good show. It's extremely slow-moving with all these dramatic BS pauses and the supposed relationships between this person and that person, and it's just terrible. Are you practicing this rant for a twit tomorrow? Because that's, what, like, that's no, where you're going to piss like, off the most people. I don't think people yeah, you're right. <laughs> really I really care. I even talk about but uh-huh. but. Uh, yeah, maybe I am practicing because I could bring it up, <laughs> bring it up again. Because I know it. Because I know there's a bunch of. Well, I don't understand. I mean, what he you just like you just want to piss some nerds off. That's what you're into, yeah, man. It's a good show. It's a good show. That girl, that you love girl, it. That blonde, you love really pissing pretty. off nerds. You sure she's do. She's really pretty. She's really pretty. <laughs> hey, is it just me, John? 
Or whenever I hear someone say stimulus package, does that make you laugh? Well, now. Because I've had a stimulus package for many, many years. <laughs> but a boom. And I'd like to show it to you. Bye-bye. So so I was while watching this, this some television last night. I saw something that that made my heart stop. And I figure it's probably a uh, somebody's either coming with an Adobe plug-in or something to create. CBS had one. They had a, a, a like a little the, the spot art for like an upcoming show. Yeah. You know, next on CBS, da da da. And the art showing the characters or three or four characters was done in exactly that Obama style with the cream blue and red. You know, photos that have been turned into this, you know, the poster that says hope and whatever, you know, that cream, blue, and red. Sorry, I just came to a screeching halt. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course I know what you're talking about. Why are, they, why are the networks now using this? This is basically a callback to Obama. Well, of course, they're getting into it. Everyone's trying to do something to attract viewers and make money out it of it. Right. I thought it was uh, pandering. But, you no, know, I don't, I, I don't think it's pandering. No, no, I disagree with you. It's not pandering. You know how media works. We're even doing it. We're doing, uh, what are we doing? Inauguration for change. Wait a minute. Inauguration for change. If anybody out there has any, knows what this plug-in is or what they're doing to get this effect, because I know it's, uh, I doubt if it's being done by hand. I'm sure somebody's come up with a uh, quick way of doing it. I would send me a link. What kind of plug-in do you expect this is, though? I, it's something where you can just send, or it could be like a series of uh, uh, one of those recordings that you can put into Photoshop. Hmm. It's something where you take a photo and you push the button, and then boom, and it turns it into out. this. Yeah, it turns into the blue, cream, and red posterized. Yeah, yeah the the I mean, style. I, I, I can I can <clears throat> I can see how you can do it with. Um, it's probably something you can drop right into um, Apple Photo Booth as well. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe could be Illustrator too. I'm not sure. Mm. So uh, I kept my notes from last week. Okay, well, we might as well follow yours because you never are interested in my topics. Yeah, okay. So let's start with... <laughs> <laughs> Cocksucker. You know, after I'm done with my three notes... Yeah, then we can... then we can get to mine, okay. Well, I actually do some preparation for the show. You know, I, uh, I have well, some heart. Uh, so... Um... The the things we forgot to talk about last week was was that there was a something about German measles. Apparently, yeah, the, the, a, they, oh, they were claiming an epidemic of German measles in uh, in Britain. I don't even have yeah. those notes anymore. Yeah, it's like three thousand people have the measles and they're claiming an epidemic, and you know it's just another way of uh, forcing people to take uh, vaccinations, so they can inject us with nanotechnology to be tracked. Um. Okay. So yeah, that, that think that about it, dude. Up. This nanotechnology stuff is for real. Okay, so so there's a website a guy just sent me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in the vaccinations, you see. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Michelle. Um, go ahead, man. Go get your flu shot. You got to get another one, John. I already got my flu shot. Uh, there's a website called... You need Ob an upgrade. B Obama Conme. O B A M I C oh, Obama Icon. I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Obama Icon dot me. 
Oh, and that and you, apparently you can push your pictures right through and get that effect. Obamaicon.me? Well, it's what it says, Obamaicon.me. Is so, it Obama-icon? No, no. It's, it's Well, the way it, hmm. it, it shows up here is Obamaicon.me, but it could, I don't know if that's, is that a domain? Because it shows up on the top, at the top layer uh, of the browser as well, Obamaiconme.pastemagazine.com. Oh, hold on. Dot me dot paste. Obama icon me. No dot in this case. Oh, me. But did you try typing in Obama? Yeah, I tried. Yeah, no, no, no. It didn't resolve. It didn't resolve. Okay. No, this doesn't work either. <sighs> no, but you don't have it right. Obama icon me, all one word. Yes, I got that. Dot paste magazine. Yes, dot com. Yeah. Yeah, and I get it doesn't resolve. No, something's wrong with your machine. Yes, oh, of course. All Skype, right, me, let me, Skype go, me the link, will you? Oh, there's a thought. I keep forgetting that you can do that. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Technology. <laughs> um, anyway, back so to that, the... So that's the, the website that does it? And that, uh, well, it's a website that does it. I don't know if it's, it's the right. website. I, I already have it from uh, someone on Twitter. I don't need your stinking link. Oh, somebody sent it to you? Yeah. Probably the same. Okay, It's Obamaicon. It's not Obamaicon. It's Obamaicon. Ah, Obama icon. There you go. Oh, I see. Oh, cool. (laughs) Okay. All right, man. This is for you and me. This is what we're going to do for our No Agenda album art. This is fantastic. Oh, this is great. We'll do it for the next T-shirt, too. But send me a picture of you throwing the O. Oh, yeah, there's an idea. So we'll both be throwing the O, and then we'll... uh... I have to get drunk first. <laughs> hey, I'm co- I'm coming out uh, in a little over a week. We got to plan Talk some dinner. How does that? Do? Where's the connection there? <laughs> because I'm going to get you drunk. I'll get I'll you hammered. Get I'll get you throwing the oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out. You're getting drunk. I'm on my way. Hell yeah! So we, uh, seriously though, I'm coming out the 26th. So let's plan something for 27 and 29 or 30 or something like that. Not uh, not twenty nine. I got a board meeting on twenty nine. Thirtieth, twenty seventh, thirtieth. I'm flying back anyway, to thirty first, so we can do the show on Sunday. Anyway, my Skype friend says it's pronounced Michael. It's that simple, even though it's it's spelled odd. So um, anyway, back to the German measles thing. That reminded me of something going on in the states. At least it was at least last week. I haven't seen much of it this week. An out. Break all over the country. At least news stories cropping up everywhere. Almost as though measles. they were planted. No rabid raccoons. Really? Yeah, hmm. like an, like rabid raccoons all over the place. And there was a you know. But aren't most are, don't most raccoons carry rabies with them anyway? At least that's what I was always told. Oh man, you don't want to get bitten by a raccoon because you know then you have to go get a rabies shot. No, not that I know. If they uh, have rabies, they 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 act weird. They come out during the day. They right. challenge you. You know, <laughs> to, to, a, to what? To a duel? <laughs> <laughs> to five-card stud? <laughs> what are these animals doing? To a biting contest. Right. So what, so one, what, what is the an epidemic story, of... Uh... Hundreds. There was a, the, story, the one story in one of the newspapers says, if you see a raccoon, because apparently they'll attack porcupines, with porcupines... Things stuck all over his face Quills. and nose and body. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, that would be the clue, wouldn't it? If, hey, he, he's got porcupine quills sticking out of his face. 
And then the last item I had on my list of three says new consumer product. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did we have some kind of brilliant idea? I must have had something that was so, it was must have been so profound. We should end the show, was, but then not stop recording because we wind up in trouble that way. Because it sounds like we had a billion dollar idea there. Yeah, there was, it was so profound that I didn't feel the need. To even write down what it was about. Yeah, because it was so profound, obviously. Because I've come to the conclusion that's the way I take notes. That I've always believed that if I just write down the, just the golf, just the general, you know, something general about it because I don't need to put the details on because it's so profound. I never remember what it was. So that's a, a tip for you note takers out there. Don't do that. Mm. So I don't know. I can't, I can't remember either. Ugh. I really can't. So, okay. You, now your list. Mm. Well, let's start with um, fantastic water landing. Nice ditch by the pilots of uh, U.S. Airways in the Hudson River. That was pretty spectacular this week. Right. And, um, of course, then they immediately sequestered the guy and gave him drug testing. Well, yeah, dude, he's been like, he, it's like, oh, he's just a, a quiet guy, you know, because what they're doing right now is telling him this is the story, this is what you must repeat, this is what happened, this is how it <laughs> went. You, there were a flock of geese, flock of geese, flock of geese, which is, is totally possible, but I've been, you know, th- Aviation stories interest me since I'm an aviator. And the two, here's three things I want to know. One, um, I did not see any, you know, when, when, when you have these migrating flocks of birds and geese is, is like the worst kind, obviously, there's a lot of warnings that go out. I mean, there's no TAMs, there, which is, means notice to airmen. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, anywhere you're flying, air traffic control is going to be all over this all the time. They'll say up to 4,000 feet, you know, you got migrating birds, and they're real careful about it because if, if you really do run into a flock of anything almost, depending on size of aircraft, yeah, I mean, it's messed up. Can't find any of it. Um, they say that he declared an emergency, which I'm sure he did. Now, I've got, you know, I'm a member of all the ATC uh, stream sites where you can listen to air traffic control all day which is kind of on the same level of interest as your wrestling fascination. And I can't find any recording anywhere or, you know, archive not online, stuff like that, or, you know, there is no archive. So I'd just like to know if the actual circumstances were there uh, because they it was so quick, you know. It's like, oh, it was, it was a, flock of, uh, a flock of geese. And I'm just not seeing any official reports, and there's definitely questions in the aviation world as to, okay. Um, Second, um, when you have an airplane in this kind of trouble for six minutes, you would have expected, certainly around New York, that uh, there would have been something scrambled or you would have read that someone was put into action, but none of that. And uh, for the uh, greenies out there, did he dump all his fuel? Because I, pre- I presume that, you know, he took off heavy, completely loaded, had to have dumped tons of fuel into the Hudson, I guess, in order to keep this thing floating. Because, you know, that's the only reason I can see why the airplane floated is because he had dumped his fuel. Well, uh, there's two things about that they did talk about. One is that kerosene is lighter than water, so that's not necessarily going to sink it. But the um, Yeah, but I think per- safety precautions, if you have enough time, you're, you're instructed to dump your fuel. Right, and they'd have to be dumping it right over the bridge because he went right over that bridge. Yep, yep. And um, which doesn't sound like a good idea. And uh, they also the Airbuses have a, a special uh, feature 
unlike uh, the Boeing planes, where they lock up the uh, – you push a button – and it locks up the uh, cargo and every, all these – there's apparently a, like a bladder or something inside, and they just – it really? locks – air. yeah, you can mm. look this one up. Mm. Uh, and it was like a big deal because according to one of these – my wife was listening to the ch- chat in uh, in the Seattle area, which has – because the plane was eventually going to Seattle, so there's a lot of people talking on all the talk shows up there. Mm-hmm. And some pilot called in talking about this this feature of the Airbus that it could seal off the bottom so if there's a water landing, the, the plane can continue to float. Yeah, because you, know, you can't bust up the bottom. And he was commenting that when this feature was uh, developed, everybody in the industry was la- were laughing at it, thinking, "What a stupid idea! Like that's going to do any good? Right. I mean, what's the point?" And there you go. And so, and so, meanwhile, now they're all going, "Wow, that's cool." And so, so what, yeah. what I missed, what, you know, that no one came out with a life preserver on. No one put it on. <laughs> I, I know. This, that's, I, that, that's why I blogged <laughs> that picture. That picture that's going around. No one's got their life preserver on. And and where What's that? All and you know, you know the 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 placard, the card in the in your in the seat back in front of you. It always has the beautiful slides that are like inflated. None of that. They they inflated one of those rafts. It overturned and then floated away. I mean, this, this <laughs> when it comes to the uh, the water landing, uh, the the water landing itself, fantastic. I mean, great job. The plane didn't disintegrate. I mean, hallelujah. But, right. Uh, they showed a. Uh, they showed on on uh, CBS. They showed uh, some of the other attempts to do to make water landings, and oh, it's just like just yeah. so rarely successful. Yeah. And they showed this one where it looked like the guy. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to correct you. That is not true. Ninety percent of water ditching is very successful. I mean, everyone walks away or lives. So that's not true. Well, that's the way they portray. Well, of course, because what they're showing—they're showing that 747 that uh, the, the wingtip hits the hits the right, water the and it goes cartwheel. Yeah, but it was hijacked. You know, the guy there were like uh, hijackers in the cockpit, and the pilot just lost control at the last moment. But still, this is an A bus 320 has a much lower approach speed. In fact, you can fly it right up to the stall speeds. So that's about 150 miles an hour, which seems fast, but for an aircraft that size, it's not. Um, right. Whereas uh, a 747 has a much higher speed, but um, there's actually, uh, they've released a video now. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a stationary camera on the Hudson, and you see the plane just as it's hitting the water. Uh, man, that thing comes to a standstill within a plane length. You know, it's like, mm. boom, and the engines, of course, got ripped off immediately there at the bottom of the Hudson. Um, so, you know, when you're doing it with an aircraft smaller, that's when your chances are are larger. But still, it's 90% because these statistics are known of all water ditches are um, successful. Hmm, okay, well, that's good to know. Anyway, yeah, nobody came out with their life vest, which, which I still think is somewhat baffling. And uh, the other thing is is that, um, yeah, what did cause this problem if it wasn't the birds, if there was no evidence of birds? Well, I just like the evidence. I'm, I'm okay with, I'm, it sounds very believable, but, you know, when there's birds, a big flock, that's a real fluke. You know, that's a real, and this time of year, I mean, there's just a lot of things. I'm like, well, I'm not looking for no. a conspiracy. I'm just saying I'd, I want to know more because I'm really interested, and it well, always takes months. I think it would be months. nice if we knew who was on board that maybe someone would like to. Uh, uh, I do know. There were several Bank of America executives on board, actually. Well, that makes sense since they were going to Charlotte, which on the, is where Bank of America is headquartered now. On the very same day that Bank of America received uh, another, uh, was it, $20, 30000000000 billion? Yeah, something. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Was, well, that's kind of suspicious. I like the... Uh, the flight tracker, flightaware.com. So it has uh, departure time scheduled 3.04 p.m. Eastern, actual departure time 3.26, 
Arrival time estimated 4.38. Actual 3.32. (laughs) (laughs) Flight time, duration of flight, six minutes. (laughs) It's great, though. You see the whole dog leg, and you can see there's, there's a point where he completely deviates from his track, and I think that's his decision point. But it doesn't have an altitude or anything. I'm I'm just interested in you know with all types of uh, mishaps, you know you just want to know what happened because you learn from it. Um, but but it's with most mishaps you're always hearing, you know we don't know the exact uh, problem yet. But yet, well, how come I can't hear a record? I mean, this stuff is recorded. You know these all air traffic control. It would be cool to hear it. Well, let's go back to the theory that these two these bankers were like a target of some sort. And uh, let's say, and, and I'm not believing any of this, by the way. Well, but just, a, I have an article here the, about it. Hold on a second. Just for the purpose of, of of argument. Yeah. If you wanted to not kill these bankers, but you wanted to scare the crap out of them, <laughs> or they show that you could kill them, this is a good you'd one. Put them on a pl- you'd put them on a plane with the absolute best pilot in the world, which he happens to be. This guy was is the guy, right? He's a he's a yeah, he, highly he's decorated guy, pilot. Yeah. He's, he teaches how to ditch a plane. Yeah, and so uh, you put him on that plane, and then uh, you know see you know <laughs> scare the crap out of them, and then uh, see what happens if they play ball. They may have been uh, reluctant to. I mean, they they already showed a little reluctance to buy the Merrill Lynch. So, uh, just saying, I like possible. it. Oh, it John. Like oh, it. John. I love it. Here, here's an article. Hold on a second. There's something about it. <clears throat> From Nation and World. What is that? Some commie rag, John? No, wait a minute. Seattle Times. Yeah, commie rag. Oh, I just got to load it for a second. Well, it's loading very slowly. Someone must really like it. Oh, here we go. Darren Beck, uh, doesn't say much about, uh, oh, huh, uh, there was a Joe Hart, salesman with investment firm ING, Molly Shugel, uh, (coughs) Shugel, a Bank of America executive, Came to regret her choice of three-inch heels. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what it all is. You got to get women out of these three-inch heels. That'll teach him. Damn it. Five inches are nothing, damn it. Hey, um, after um, change.gov, we now have recovery.gov. Oh, really? That's a new one. uh, Yeah, uh, it hasn't launched yet. But this is for the... The stimulus package. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be taking more donations for the Obama <laughs> for the, campaign. For the stimulus Is that ever going to stop? No, they keep taking When are we going to stop hearing Obama giving campaign speeches? Did you see the latest the latest one he gave to his daughters in the form oh, of an open letter? Yeah, and, and in Parade Magazine, which is the which is uh, is distributed door-to-door around the country. It's like 80 million people read this. I mean, you, you know, getting something in Parade Magazine is distribution to the masses, Right. And, you know, of course, the private letter that you're going to send to your daughters is published in Parade magazine. I mean, give me a frickin' break. You know, it's, it it's, it's one thing to take your your future son-in-law to, you know, for his first lap dance, but this this just this just takes it all. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a lightweight by comparison to this crowd. Really, really. I have so much to learn. 
Hey, man, but I, I read the stimulus package. And uh, it's pretty interesting, John. There's lots well, of money to be made. Well, let's make some. What are we doing sitting here talking to each other? Well, because let's that's the easiest. Let's talk more action. <laughs> let's talk more do. But I, I just wanted, so this is the preamble. <clears throat> I don't know if they're, if they if this is intended for civilians to read or if they really think um, senators and congressmen are complete morons. Because right, right on the front page, since 2001, as worker productivity went up, 96% of the income growth in this country went to the wealthiest 10% of society. While yeah, they were, we yeah, well, hold on. While they were benefiting from record high worker productivity, the remaining 90% of Americans were struggling to, to sustain their standard of living. They sustained it by borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And when they couldn't borrow anymore, the bottom fell out. This plan will strengthen the middle class, not just Wall Street CEOs and special interests in Washington. I mean... Wow, it says that? This is a front page, baby. Front page. Wow. And, That's uh, pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Yeah, this, you, just a couple of things I just highlighted, and if anything strikes you. So first of all, I love the fact there are no earmarks in this package. Well... We'll, yeah, yeah, ex not yet. Exactly. The whole point yet. of an earmark is it comes after this part. Um, but the executive summary says there will be a historic level of transparency, oversight, and accountability. It will help guarantee taxpayer dollars are spent wisely, and Americans see, can see results for their investments. That's what recovery.org is all about. So you can track who's getting what. And I, I think the, with the, a lot of the big money is going to energy, $32 billion to transform the nation's energy transmission, distribution, and production systems by allowing for a smarter and better grid and focusing investment in renewable technology. What the fuck does that mean? Is, is there something wrong with the national grid? Is it not right? I don't know. Works for me. Why don't you read that again? 30, so $32 billion will go to transform the nation's energy transmission, distribution, and production systems by allowing for a smarter and better grid and focusing investment in renewable technology. I mean, that is, that's just a bunch of horseshit. That's nothing. It means nothing. Renewable technology. What's renewable technology? Like rewritable optical disks? Wind power. No, that's not, but that's under a separate multi-billion-dollar heading. Uh, well, the most renewable energy that I know of is wood. No, no, renewable so technology. No, no, renewable technology, oh, renewable not energy. Technology. Technology. Oh, What's renewable, oh, renewable technology? It doesn't make sense that word. What is renewable what is, technology? Is, I, I, mean, get me some of that. That's a good question. I don't know what renewable technology is. Somebody, maybe that's somebody. What I'm saying. Can, it's rewritable optical discs. Renewable it's, renew it's renewable. It's all new again. Flash memory would do. You know. <laughs> Flash memory. Uh, okay, here's something. Did you know, fact, for every dollar invested in broadband, as in broadband internet access. The Is this in that same paper? Yes, I'm, I'm just reading verbatim, man. For every dollar invested in broadband, the economy sees a tenfold return on that investment. What? It says it, it, How do you it, document this? Most of the investment in broadband, in my regards, makes me spend more time wasting time on the net, surfing the web. Well, we need to put scientists to work 
That's not you, by the way, people. That's not you. We need to put scientists to work looking for the next great discovery, creating jobs in cutting-edge technologies, and making smart investments that will help business in every community succeed in a global economy. For every dollar invested in broadband, the economy sees a tenfold return on that investment. So, John, there's ten by billion. The way, and it says who? The president, the office of the president-elect, bonehead. Now, this is an actual document from the House. Okay, this is the actual plan that has been uh, yeah, submitted. Yeah, I, I just like the way they throw. You know, it's like you know people that throw out these these stats, these statistics, and there's no documentation to indicate. Well, of course the, not. Which is why I bring it up. I, I hope I'm starting to piss you off. So anyway, yeah. ten billion will be going to science facilities research and instrumentation, scalpels yeah, nice. and stuff, uh, and six billion. Scalpels. Six billion to expand broadband internet access so business in rural and other underserved areas can link up to the global economy. Uh, mm -hmm. Then there's a whole bunch of stuff about roads, bridges, transit. Ten billion for transit and rail to reduce traffic congestion, which seems like nothing. Ten billion is nothing in the train world. Oh, here's my favorite. Twenty billion dollars for health information technology, which I presume will be renewable. To prevent medical mistakes, provide mm. better care to patients, and introduce cost-saving efficiencies. Now, they have they tried this in the United Kingdom with the Nath National Health Service, um, and this thing is already, I think, three billion pounds over budget. Does not work. Is not implemented. It's an albatross for uh, for the Labour Party. And you know the same because this is you know this is like the the world's largest IT project. You know this always fails. These you know you get all these big contracts and you know Oracle and Microsoft and everyone tries to work together and they all mean well and it's always years late, mil billions over budget, and by then it you know we're dead. Doesn't matter anymore. But I just thought twenty billion dollars to you know who's that going to? I don't know, but I think we have to find some way for it to go to us. Here it is, reliable, efficient electricity grid. They come, it's another one. $11 billion for research and development, pilot projects, and federal matching funds for smart grid investment program to modernize the electricity grid, making it more efficient, secure, and reliable, and build new power lines to transmit clean... <laughs> Oh, God. And new build new power lines to transmit clean, renewable energy from sources throughout the nation. Because we don't want no dirty power. We want clean power running through a clean new grid. I'm just amazed. I didn't know the grid was in trouble. Well, apparently it is. And $2 billion for the Advanced Battery Loan Guarantee and Grants Program to support what? U.S. $2 billion... This is great, man. You'll love it. For the Advanced Battery Loan Guarantee and Grants Program to support U.S. manufacturers of advanced vehicle batteries and battery systems. Because America should lead the world in transforming the way automobiles are powered. Well, you know, that was uh, early on. It was predicted that, uh, in fact, I remember watching some uh, talk show six months ago uh, with some people from Detroit 
discussing the fact that these cars are all going to be electric. You know, the whole hydrogen thing was a smoke screen. There's not never going to be that's never going to happen in a million years. But they all, you know, did paid lip service to it. But the, behind the scenes, this electric car idea was what uh, was everyone was kind of gravitating toward. Nobody wants to talk about the the mess. Yeah, but but that. We just gave, but we ju- but we just gave all these. Yeah, and no, of course, what happens when the batteries are gone, right? Um, but we just gave these guys billions of dollars. Now we're going to give another two billion to figure out how to do the batteries. I mean, what, they've been pulling their puds for all these years. Yeah, it's a giveaway. It's just a, it's a giveaway. The whole thing is. And this kills me. Three hundred million for grants and loans to state and local governments for projects that reduce diesel emissions. Diesels burn so fucking clean these days. They're trying to get rid of diesel. That's They've been sure. trying to. Yeah, I know. The first they started with the with uh, requiring so called low sulfur diesel, mm. and then that's what jacked up the price of diesel. If you go to the pumps, you go. You, say, oh, what? you know, you looked up there during the heyday of the bullshit oil prices, and you look at there, and you go. Why is diesel more expensive than premium gasoline when it used to be, you know, the price of regular or cheaper? And so then, you know, somebody, well, it's because of the the diesels being, uh, you know, has to have special, you know, low sulfur. All right. I guess what I'm, you know, I I could read through this whole thing and there's 600. I don't know why they're trying to get rid of diesel. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, because they're clearly going for the whole electric vibe. You know, well, this is this is what all, this is what all these guys. This is what all these guys invested in. You know, this is what Kleiner Perkins built their their green tech fund for. Us, for everything I'm reading here, yeah, everything. Well, of of course, uh, John Doerr is um, at the will be at the inauguration. On, I think he's actually on stage at the inauguration. No. Oh yeah, one of you know, those side seats, uh, dude. He he's way deep inside. Yeah, the, well, I know he's a big. He managed to call, get them to. He got a lot of money for him. Yeah, and he's trying. Tons. I know he's always been angling for a Democrat to get in so he can become an ambassador. I mean, he was hoping to be Secretary of State or something like that. Maybe he'll be the technology advisor because they're going to move that other guy to the FCC or something. John Doerr would be a great person for that job, but I also think it'll be. He, he, why don't we get him the uh, ambassadorship in the Bahamas? Because you know, then we can go visit. Well, let's make it someplace more interesting than that. Well, it's nice and warm. They got beaches. Well, where do you want it to be? Well, never mind. I'm not that I'd like to, I think you should be the ambassador to France. <laughs> Here it is. Wireless and broadband, $6 billion. You know what? If you, you know, if Dor, who we both know, mm-hmm. becomes the ambassador to any place, he won't even sit, give us the time, time of, of day. day. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so NASA, $600 million. Now we're paying for NASA that way. Uh, biomedical advanced research and development, pandemic flu, cybersecurity, $900 million to prepare for a pandemic influenza. $900 million, a billion dollars to prepare for something that has killed 150 people in a decade. Support advanced development of medical countermeasures for chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear threats. And for cybersecurity protection at Homeland Security. You know, what I'm seeing is, apart from about $50 billion, nothing is going to, into people's pockets. It's all going into, and the small business combined isn't even $800 million, what they're throwing into small business. But all these billions is all going to big companies. Uh, oh, this, well, is, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. 
Transportation Security Administration Explosive Detection Systems. $500 million to install aviation explosive detection systems in the nation's airports, improving security, and making life easier on travelers by speeding security lines. Well, of course, they can only put those things in the big airports. So, and there's so many feeder airports that if you wanted what, to get past... But what is it? But what is it? Can't you just get a fucking dog? Just put the dog there. The dogs are great at this. You don't need $500 million. Get a dog at every airport to sniff the luggage. That's what they do. Actually, the dog probably does a better job. That's what I'm saying. Dogs are fantastic at sniffing out uh, anything, really. I was like, you know, every once in a while, I see, you know, the, I was in Seattle recently. There's a guy with his dog, you know, that wandering around. It's always hilarious because the dogs look like they're having a great time. They love it, of course, because you know they're like, oh, I got, I got to get me some, got to get me some explosive. Boom, 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 smells like bacon. And so they're roaming around, and it's like I always ask the guy what kind of a dog it is. I say, is that a what kind of a what dog is? Is that a bomb dog, a fruit dog? There's the three kinds. There's a yeah, drug, drug dog, dog a bomb, bomb dog, dog and, and a fruit dog. And a fruit dog. Yeah, the fruit dog you can and, always recognize by its tutu. <laughs> and so, <laughs> anyway, the uh, and they always like, oh, yeah, he's a bomb sniffing dog, you know, oh, cool, and you know, and um, he's going around, he's sniffing, sniffing, you know, he's not finding anything. <laughs> hey, something great for you in California, which you'll be very happy with: eight hundred and fifty million dollars for hazardous fuel removal and other efforts to prevent wildfires on public lands. What? I know how to pick them. $850 million. That's almost a billion, John. For hazardous fuel removal and other efforts, some efforts, to prevent words, to prevent wildfires on public lands. Making so these, words, Wait a minute. Let me finish the marketing spin. I'm not done yet. Making these investments today will create jobs in the short run, but also save long-term costs of fighting fires in the future. Yeah, jobs in the f- weeding, it's called. <laughs> so, so basically, these new jobs you're creating, yeah, weeding, stupid labor, weeding, <laughs> weeding. <laughs> but that's that's eight hundred. Okay, so it's split up. It's split up between five hundred fifty million for state and local volunteer programs. Sta- so you volunteer, but somewhere someone's getting paid. Yeah, five hundred fifty million for hazardous fuel reduction efforts. It's, you don't even have to succeed, just make an effort, which states and communities have determined are of the highest priority. And then the forest, uh, Federal Forest Service wildfires, they, I'm sure they need a lot of money, so $300 million to them. So it's, it's, it's very comprehensive, but I, I do not see, I just do not see a lot for, you know, there's some things in here that are extending COBRA. Um, well, we'll see. You know, this is just the uh, the first pass of it. This is what's going in. $20 billion to provide nutrition assistance to modest income fam- families and to lift restrictions that limit the amount of time individuals can receive food stamps. Well, you're going to be needing that, folks. I'll be very happy that's in there. More food stamps. So they're going to add $20 billion to the uh, food stamp program. Yeah. Well, they're really extending it, I think, is what they're doing. So it may not be hard hard cash outlay immediately, but it's it, they're going to extend it uh, so you can stay well, you on know, food stamps it's, it's, longer. That's the yeah. Mm. But I, I urge all of our listeners to download this uh, stimulus package. Uh, I think I should just groan every single time. I say, stimulus package. Uh, um, 
so you know where uh, your money's going. Yeah, down the toilet. The uh, did you watch any of the um, financial the financial services hearings or any of the no, confirmation I didn't. I hearings? I like to watch that stuff too. It's unfortunate I missed it all. There was. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, this is it. Uh, con- you know, Congressman Alan Grayson. You no. ever heard of him? So he, uh, you got to listen. You want to listen to something for a second? Hear him grill. Yeah, let's play it. Okay, he's gonna, it. he grills the the Federal Reserve Vice Chairman, and what he's going after is, you know, you know, remember we talked about this that there's been two or three trillion dollars that was handed out to banks, uh, but the Federal Reserve refuses to tell the public which banks. <laughs> Right, because they don't want to tell you which banks are in trouble. Well, exactly. So um, let me see if I can uh, get this going here. So here he is. This was uh, uh, earlier this week. And by the way, Barney Frank, Barney Frank, who um, who's the chairman of the Financial Services Committee. What a dick! Oh yeah, he's terrible. What I'm surprised. You know, this, this is another example of where New Yorkers are are screwed up. By oh. continuing to reelect people like this, that's I. I this is the guy no who, who, who they were running a prostitution ring out of his house while he was being screwed by rent boys. You know, the guy does have a little bit of history of weirdness. Let's listen to you. You've mentioned several times today in your testimony the importance of transparency. Can you explain why that's important? I think the the committee has uh, talked about that several times, that it it wants to see a strategy for how money is being spent and understand how it's being spent and have reporting. He's totally totally setting him up. You've got to listen to it. Back from institutions that it's being used for the purposes desired and and so in order to give... assurances to Congress and American taxpayers that it's being used for appropriate uh, purposes. We want greater transparency and accountability. It's fair to say that when hundreds of billions of dollars of the taxpayers' money is being spent, the taxpayers have a right to know how? Yes. Mr. Cohn, uh, how much has the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve increased since September 1? Uh, it's increased from around $800 billion to about $2 trillion. And uh, what was that money spent on? That money was lent. Uh, it was lent to banks, investment banks. It was uh, uh, spent on uh, lending through the commercial paper market, and it was uh, lent to foreign central banks that lent dollars to their banks to take pressure off the U.S. U.S. dollar market. So he's literally admitting that we gave money to foreign banks, which trips me out. So it was. It wasn't spent. It was lent. Which institutions received that, and how much for each institution? Uh, I don't know which institutions, which specific institutions received it, but uh, by categories of institutions, <laughs> uh, that's uh, captured in our balance sheet that we publish each week. So we would like that in writing, Mr. Cohn. Uh, there's Barney Frank going, well, he's interrupting because this is the big point. Sorry, what in writing, Mr. Chairman? So he yes. immediately interrupts this yes. dick. To that question. But I, I, I think I would uh, – you're going to hold a hearing on this, Mr. Chairman, and I think I would be 
very, very hesitant to give the names of individual institutions. In fact, I think it would be a very bad idea because I think it would undermine the utility of the facilities that we're giving. But I think we should say more about the categories of institutions. Mr. Cohen, you just said that $1.2 trillion has been lent or spent, as the case may be. That's $4,000 for every man, woman, and child in this country. Don't Americans have the right to know how you spent that money? Yes, they have every right to know the purposes for which we spent it, the types of spending, the types of lending that's going on. Oops, Freudian slip. The types of collateral we're taking and what we expect to accomplish with that. All right. Well, specifically, I'd like to know how much was given to Credit Suisse and what you got in return, how much was given to Citibank, what you got in return. If you put out $50 billion to Credit Suisse, the taxpayers need to know that. I'd be very concerned, Congressman, that if we published the individual names of who was borrowing from us, no one would borrow from us. The purpose of our borrowing is not to support individuals, but to support the credit markets. Has that ever happened? Have people ever said we will not take your $100 billion because people will find out about it? We said we will not publish the names of the borrowers, so we'll have no test of that. Well, what gave you the authority to say that? Isn't that something that we should be deciding, not you? I think you gave us the responsibility in the Federal Reserve Act to oversee the stability of the financial system through our lending facilities to be the lender of last resort, and we are trying to execute that to the best of our abilities. And you're saying that that entitles you to keep secret the expenditure of $1.2 trillion, $4,000, for a man, woman, and child in this country? I don't think we're keeping it secret. I think we're releasing a lot of information about it. It drives me crazy. But that's the whole thing. He's saying the Federal Reserve Act, which was enacted in 1913, these are private banks. This is not part of the government. They just got a contract. And this guy, I like this Alan Grayson. He's right on, man. He goes on. He just smothers this guy. But what really pissed me off is the number one question comes up, and we all know the question is going to be, who did you give the money to? And he goes on, and he says, what kind of assets did you receive? Well, I'm not going to tell you that. Were they marked to market? Well, no, they weren't. Well, then why don't you just make it public so we can actually put a market value on that shit and we know what we've got? I mean, this is the guy is right on. And it's just and then, of course, we look at the news, and it's all about Canada. And, of course, giving, them, giving American taxpayer money to foreign banks. Foreign banks, man. How can you even just skip over that one? Oh, it's, it's to save the system, to save the entire system. Yeah, the foreign banks. They like... Uh... So I read a fantastic quote, which you will love. I saved it. Hold on a second. Where Here it is. Um... This was, uh, let me see if I have a date on it. It's only not long ago. Uh, this is a quote from Dr. the Honorable Dr. G. Gono, who was governor of the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. Mm. And he's talking about um, uh, what is, uh, well, first of all, Zimbabwe just issued their first $100 trillion bank note. Which you know, right, we have to go after that as well, John, because we only. Yeah, have... I, I've got people that are trying to get me to beat you on this one because you beat me on the hundred billion dollar note. Yeah, but uh, the hundred trillion is what we have to get now. So you're okay. Well, anyway, I'm on it. so um, um, I want to get. I'm just gonna get the quote here for a second. Uh, okay. So what he's saying is, it's interesting to see that uh, the United States and United Kingdom's governments are going down exactly the same path we went. 
Here in Zimbabwe, we had yeah. our near bank failures a few years ago, and we responded by provi- by providing the affected banks with the troubled bank fund, which is exactly what they're talking about now, exactly what TARP and what the uh, this new bank uh, that they're setting up is going to be, <clears throat> for which we were heavily criticized even by some multilateral institutions who today are silent when the central banks of the U.K. and the U.S.A. are going the same way and doing the same thing under the very same circumstances, thereby continuing the unfortunate hypocrisy that what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. So there's your future, ladies and gentlemen. Go look at the $100 trillion note and get used to it. <laughs> it's just, it just amazes me. You know, it's... And have you been watching CNBC at all, John? No. God, man, you really should make an effort to watch Squawk Box. It's probably pretty shitty because it comes on really too too early for you on the it's West like Coast. Yeah, five in the morning or something yeah. on the West Coast here. My God. I mean, they're just... I they're, can record it, though. I can record you it. You should, because now they're just yelling at the government. What's the guy, Mark, uh, the pudgy guy? He, yeah. He literally is like... He, he, he he lost it uh, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, and he's like, I can't believe this government. People who can run businesses are getting screwed, and they're giving billions, no, trillions of dollars to complete morons. He's like yelling on the show. It's just fascinating to watch. And, of course, he's, he's absolutely right. Uh, shipping rates hit zero. Sorry? Shipping rates from Asia... Are now you can now it's free shipping. So if you order a container, free shipping. That's how uh, this is. Where did you read this story? Uh, this is in the Telegraph. Wow. Uh, Charles Trek broker at Transport Trackers in Hong Kong. We have seen trade activity fall off a cliff. Asia to Europe is an unmitigated disaster. Shipping- well, there's a couple. Yep, well, a couple things. Yeah. I was just going to say, I want you to finish, but I'm mm-hmm. I, sure. I was coming back from San Francisco and a container ship was coming through about half empty with mm-hmm. a bunch of empty stalls in it. And they'd come, there's not what, like they drop something off someplace before they get to the open. No, and, no. And so uh, they, it was coming through and I saw that. And then the other day, uh, from where I can, I can see the train tracks way down the hill and there was a train pulling those, those cargo containers and I always like to look at the tracks as, as an economic indicator because sometimes they store cars. There's all kinds of things you can right. pick yeah. up on. Yeah. goes by I, – I usually – I've seen this train before. It goes by every day at a certain hour. I mean I don't obviously catch it every day, but I didn't see it for a few weeks. And I, it goes by probably about mm, 40 cars with uh, four containers each and perhaps another 50 cars – Empty. Empty. Empty, yeah. I mean, it's the supplies are just stopping. Well, it's shit, man. The, the Honda has now extended the closure of their U.K. plant to uh, to April or May, I think. So, so we're stopping by. We've we finally given up yeah. on the uh, buying crap from China in, non, in a nonstop well, this manner. Well, is, this is specific. This, this reports on Korea, Taiwan, and Hong Kong, not quite entirely China. Uh, a report well, from— if, if she, I'm just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll just give you some more data points. A report by a- ING yesterday said shipping activity at U.S. ports has suddenly dived. Outbound traffic from Long Beach and Los Angeles, America's two top ports, has fallen by 18% year-on-year, a far more serious decline than anything seen in recent recessions. This is no regular cycle slowdown, but a complete collapse in foreign demand. So it's both ways. 
So here's what I'm thinking. If their shipping is free, let's buy a bunch of stuff and exactly. have it shipped over here. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like the I'll early days of Amazon. Free. You know, it's like get free shipping. <laughs> free shipping. If we can, it's like if we had a couple of people in Hong Kong or around anywhere, I mean, we could. We can ship shit ship for over. free. It's just no one wants to buy our shit. We'll have containers full of free shipped shit. Well, we have to. I think we should be buying stuff for ourselves. What we'll do is we'll create a, a buying club. Oh, in other words, yes. we we'll get a hundred people, hmm. and we all want to buy like some, you know, whatever you know, art, antiques. I don't know. A Korean whatever. bride. Hmm. Put them hmm. bitches in a container. And uh, load up a container with some of this. It doesn't even have to be full, obviously. No, it doesn't. Make, it doesn't make any difference. You know, what? we we could we could just ship over one item in a container, <laughs> free. Oh man! And the guys opened the thing up. He says, "What do you got here? I got. I have a. I bought a pen. <laughs> but look, it has a laser. <laughs> and this is what we talked about weeks ago. It became difficult for the shippers." And you even, you were surprised when I gave you this news, but it turns out to be pretty true. It became difficult for the shippers to obtain routine letters of credit at the oh, height of yeah. the financial crisis over the autumn, causing goods to pile up at ports, even though there was a willing buyer at the other end. So it's a double whammy. So they had buyers. They couldn't ship it out. Now the buyers are gone, and now this, they're just stuck with shit that they can't get rid of. Damn. Well, the lack of letters of credit probably did somebody a favor. Yes, but not but not for manufacturing, which of course is relatively important. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the net closes even tighter. The Germans now, by law, all uh, internet traffic will be filtered to protect the children. Oh, it's always the children. Yes. Well, yeah, it's, it's specifically the children. So uh, they did the test. You know, there's a guy in Finland that's making a big stink. And so, because in Finland, they're going to protect the children with a, you know, a, a don't, a, you know, kind of a watch list. And so some, this one guy has been researching it. I can't remember his name. I'm sure somebody else, you can, it doesn't take much to find it. Uh, it finds that these, the watch list or the, the ban list is bullshit. There's like one, two, three, maybe potential overseas, you know, U.S. based child porn sites, which, you know, we should probably crack down on. Which it seems relatively easy to crack down on, on an illegal website, you know? Yeah, especially and when they're on a list. This shit is underground. It's not really publicly accessible. Accessible. It's you know it's underground. In fact, it's at most departments of justice. These are the true people who I believe are the ones that are that are the actual child molesters. Well, I let, so anyway, so this guy finds that this list is a bunch of like lists, mostly as as typical political. It's like you know something about. Of course, about it's political. It's all political banning, but they're under the guise of child porn. Yeah. So what do you think happens to this guy? He gets. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me let me guess. Either A, he took too much Tylenol. Uh, B, uh, his plane crashed. Uh, C, he w there was a robbery where he was shot in the face. Any of those? No, he oh. gets investigated for being into child porn. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh my God, I forgot that one. That's that's actually the first thing they do. You're right. Jesus. Well, so let me just say to the listeners that um, you have to understand that the reason we have to fight this type of idiocy is because once the filters are installed, then the only fight is what's on the list. And that is, you know, you they just ramrod that. You know, they ramrodded uh, a third 
runway at Heathrow yesterday, and the country went fucking berserk. How did they do it? I thought that they didn't even they didn't even have a debate. They just it was just like it's one guy got so pissed off he picked up the the holy scepter or whatever it is. There's the mace I think it's called, uh, which lays on the table in the middle between the, the you know the government and the and the opposition parties and the shadow party whatever. And that represents you know the 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 all the power of government. That that mace me that is the the power given by the people. The guy walks over, picks it up, and takes it back. Takes it back to his seat. And then he got named, which means they call out your name and your shame, and he's been banned for five days. But he was so... He said, we, we were promised a debate. We didn't even get a freaking debate. Hmm. Well, I don't know what they're going to do with the extra runway anyway. They're not going to have enough traffic there to need it. Uh, um, I disagree. Okay. Of course, uh, you know, it's about the hub traffic. It's it's not about what they need now. It's about what they'll need in 10 years from now if they don't want to lose out to Frankfurt. And they, Amsterdam is still a player, but they also have their problems. Uh, but Frankfurt and Munich, they're becoming the big hubs. And what you're going to see is that when people need to go somewhere, they no longer will stop in London. They're going to stop in uh, in Frankfurt. And And there is a huge economic risk in that. And that's just aviation. I mean, that's just how it works. You know, uh, you know, right now, if they all they'd have to do is allow for more movements at uh, at Heathrow, and they could uh, 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 reduce pollution, is what I'll call it, because most planes at busy times are circling for fifteen to twenty bit minutes above London. You know, if you just allow for more movements, which is not, uh, you don't need another runway for more movements. You can have more movements. You really can. You can do more, uh, but they won't even allow that. So. And all the greenies are out, and it's a huge, you know, and then celebrities are buying up pieces of land where um, where the runway would be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea, but... Um, so what's the... What do, how come Paris never became a hub for this, all this traffic? Um, I don't oh, know. Oh, never mind. Strikes. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. Yeah, bingo. You got it. I was going to say French, but that makes as much sense. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Do we have anything that we that we missed? Do you have anything yeah, else that we missed? Yeah, I think I got one, one or two more things. Press TV. How do you regard them as a as a news source? That it's Iranian. Ooh. I think it's an Press TV. I think I it's never, a, it's an Iranian news organization. Yeah. So you, you're not familiar with them? I may have run into it once in a while, but it's nothing I've follow i don't see it as a source for me hmm. well they've got pretty extensive coverage of stuff and here's something that caught my mind my eye sorry man arrested for obama assassination plot well we didn't get that news of course not a man has well, been well shall i give you the details yeah send me the link while you're at it well okay and then i won't read it <laughs> So our listeners no, no, read can go it, screw read it, themselves. It, it. <laughs> <laughs> go find your own damn link. Hold on. No, I just I, I want to I want to send you the link. I'm just trying to find my Skype window. Where the hell is it? Oh, it's usually on the screen. No, no. I I removed the big chat window because it's, it's a pain in the ass. Hold on. Where are you? Here we go. Let me send you that real quick. Bada boom. Okay. A man has been arrested for threatening to assassinate the U.S. president elect. Saying Barack Obama appointed Jews in key posts in key posts. 
The Secret Service took 42-year-old Stephen Joseph Christopher into custody in Brookhaven, Mississippi, Friday on charges of threatening to kill Obama. And I love what this guy says. It's not because I'm racist that I will kill Barack. It's because I can no longer allow the Jewish parasites to bully their way into making the American people submit to their evil ways. <laughs> but I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's just nuts. Uh, yeah. Obama's a puppet of the Jews. He snapped. Yeah, he did, obviously. And uh, Microsoft uh, now getting fined again by um, Naley Cruz. Oh, going well, after she's him again. relentless, that yeah. woman. Going after him again for $450 million because... Hey, they got a <laughs> pot of money, you might as well steal might some Might as well get some of it, right? Um. It's basically the cost of doing business in Europe. Now it comes it really with is. a hefty fee. And for the uh, John and Adam Reading Club, uh, I have not read this book, but I, I read a review which I kept in the Financial Times. Maybe you've seen it, John. Uh, Niall Ferguson, The Great Liquidity Crisis. Mm, no. So what caught I should my, probably read it, though. Yeah, well, what he's saying is um, he wrote this book a while ago, I think. But uh, what's happening now, and he's talking about a 94-year cycle. He's saying everything that is happening now is a copy of what happened uh, between the two world wars. And we're doing everything exactly wrong once again. You better get your book out, man. Well, you know, I still have, yeah. I still have the uh, the uh, kind of, I'm not, a, not alone in the belief that there's going to be a mini-boom. Um, ah, there's the uh, there's the train. There's the uh, yeah. You the can 1030. hear it. Can you hear it. Yeah, the ten thirty just dropped. The ten twenty eight. This is like the guy is just constantly uh, tooting his horn. There's no reason for him to be honking this horn. That's the definition no of tooting graphics. your own horn, right there. Yeah, he's just basically. Uh, there's some. There used to be a number of years ago. There used to be some idiot that did this about two in the morning, <laughs> and then I think enough people complained because there's actually houses down along the tracks, and. Um, I mean, they're not right on the tracks, but I mean, they're they're so close that this guy honking, he must think it's just hilarious. I don't know where he is. He never showed up. Anyway, so um, it well, the '30s were, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's some. I mean, the problem is everything. If you start looking at everything, and I recommend people trying to get an understanding of of how fractals work. And you you either uh, can read Mandelbrot's material or you could. There was a really good Nova on this that kind of gave us some uh, perspective. I, I have read it, up on fractals. It is uh, it is really fascinating, and you, especially when you look at fractals, it can trip you out. Well, it trips you out anyway. But if you start to see things as self iterative in some funny way, so everything is kind of always going to be a certain way, and they're going to. And it's going to repeat in a in a fractal-like right. pattern, which is can be pretty complicated. By the way, I, I was thinking about fractals. I mean, it, it just was like it just like the, a visual fractal image was. Uh, I'm at Costco, and there's a young mother holding her young daughter in her arms, and her young daughter in her arm holding oh, a doll. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at that going fractal. <laughs> fractal. That's it. Fractal. Yeah. You're right. You well, know, the, all that, I was missing was the baby. Was the little doll. Yeah, the little doll. Baby in her. Arms. The baby doll. Doll. Yeah. So what you're saying is that this is 
Well, that really the universe and life is a fractal and that we're now in the 94th year fractal of something of another (laughs) piece of fractal that came from the French Revolution fractal. Right. Something like that. I mean, so it's like you don't you know, so it's like, well, you know, none of it should be surprising. And when somebody comes up with the observation that this is just like such and such, well, yeah, uh, but everything is going to always be just like something. And if you really take that to the extreme and you reverse it, you got to smoke some weed, then it really works. So, you know, that, so, so that is a fractal of really the, the, the earth, which is a fractal of the universe, which is a fractal of God, I guess. You know, so we're all little pe- It's like a fern, right? That, that's what it, if you look at a fern, you'll see that yeah. the leaves of the fern are exactly the same um, uh, structure well, got- as the fern itself. Right, and but snowflakes are one of the better examples too. But you know, actually, they, they, this Nova show had a very interesting thing. A guy decided that forests are fractals, hmm. and he could calculate the number of trees in a forest, oh, and, and right. not, by yeah. the, which is valuable in producing in determining CO two, mm-hmm. uh, consu- you know, usage in the in terms of uh, the carbon credit crap. Uh, <laughs> and he, so he decided that a, that a that a forest was a fractal, and he could determine the size and the number of trees in the forest by taking a fractal of the forest, in other words, just a chunk, and then do, then, then iterating it in a fractal-like way. And then they would, they would do this uh, as a test on certain areas and then actually go out and, and count the real trees just as a, uh, a way of doing a, sen- a, sense, a census to see if this theory was correct because who needs to be counting trees, right? If you, you just take a chunk. Millions take- of Obama jobs counting trees. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that it was just – it was. It turns out that, that forests are fractals. And, $800 um, million dollars for counting trees. It could be. Anyway, so it's it, it. So yeah, so people should familiarize themselves with this, with the basic notion of fractals. And you start to see things that you can you can see things a little differently. I think it really helps uh, from a just in a philosoph- philosophical perspective. I think it should become a, a catchphrase of sorts, John. I think that we should be calling fractals on all kinds of stuff. You know, I like what you said when you're you're looking at the the mother with the daughter with the baby with the doll, and you immediately say fractal. You know, you should actually. Just like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you go up to the mother and go, Fractal! <laughs> I'm telling you, when I saw it, it was so cute. Yeah. It's like a babu- like b- babushka dolls, you know, those Russian dolls. They're fractals. Yeah, it's a fractal, exactly. <laughs> fractals, are cu- fractals are your friend. <laughs> so, uh, oh, anyway, lovely. it's interesting. Uh, it eventually, you know, Mandelbrot had some very interesting things to say, including the fact that he was laughed off the stage, basically, when he came up with his theories of fractals mm-hmm. and how important What, what is were. the theory of fractals and what really well, the is theory, their importance? Well, I can't tell you exactly. I can't explain the theory. I can kind of understand it before I can explain it. Okay. But it, it's essentially that everything is, so, is self-iterative in, in a way that uh, all nature – and it really refers mostly to nature. It's self-iterative in a way that you can actually formulate a, a, a structure that is that is mathematically accurate. To, because no one's ever been able to – there's all these things over time that they said, look, a mountainside, you take a look at it, crumble down, say, you know, you can't – there's no math that can explain what you're looking at. Whereas mathematicians say you can explain everything with, a math, with math. Mm-hmm. And fractal theory says, no, that's not true. You can explain that with math if you use fractal math. If you, you, know, if you, if you look at the way fractals work, you can, you can explain. You can actually explain these natural phenomena, things in nature like a mountain. Mm-hmm. 
with this modeling that this guy's uh, developed. And uh, I mean, what we think of as fractals in the computer business are as Mandelbrot's little designs that he makes, where he, ha- he has a f- he takes one of these formulas, puts it in, and it just starts to iterate and makes this really funky looking thing up. Yeah, that's a, a, a screensaver, you mean. Yes, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's a screensaver. <laughs> this whole theory is based on a screensaver, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to know that. And, you know, essentially, I mean, now that people are starting to think in, in terms of fractals, they, for example, the reason, if you don't know this, that's, you know, if you look at a cell phone, a mobile phone from a few years ago, it used to have an antenna. Some of them would come out. All the antennas now are fractal antennas, and they're inside the phone because you don't need an antenna when you have a what essentially is a fractal antenna, which is a bunch of little right. things. Old, it's a which which thing. comes down to the energy, you know, within the ether, which I'm sure is is a fractal, you know, also has these same fractal properties, and that's how maybe we're all connected, or how everything starts to come together as we start to understand. All of that yeah, I'm gonna wireless really just, shit. I, I'm, I'm going to really be saddened uh, when the new age people get a hold of this get theory of the and they fractals, start to come yeah. up with their, their crackpot uh, well, I, analysis. Well, but, 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 me, I, but, but hold on. But when technologists get a hold of it and start to really understand it, it could be very exciting. We could get some fantastic shit out of well, this. Well, that's how we got the fractal antenna. Right. Uh, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we improved text messaging. That is a good job. <laughs> That's that's wait a minute. That should be another eight hundred billion on uh, the bailout, the stimulus package. <sighs> but to, to to come up with a good uh, three sentence explanation of fractals, I think it'd be valuable. I'm sure there's one out there, and um, I don't have it. But well, I think you should start uh, getting your material out. I mean, you already announced on Geek Brief TV that you were uh, pretty much going to quit the uh, technology um, reporting or journalism business gig and move on to finance uh so you you got to get going man i think you're going to be great you know you and you've surrounded yourself with the right people andrew horowitz myself included and you should get moving on it you got you got interesting I know, you know, if i wasn't such a lazy bastard i'd be halfway there by now well actually I'm, uh, the thing's almost done so uh, let me just i'll crank something out shortly <laughs> don't, don't do me a favor all right. Here's well, the, don't it, worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> no, I, I know, dear. Thank you. Love you too. Mean it. Uh, okay. Here's a, a URL for you. I've I've seen that. I saw this about a year ago, but it it won't go away. It keeps coming back. This is uh, there's two YouTube videos, and you have to look at it, John. This is a doctor who uh, originally was in his. Oh, little, <laughs> originally, I've seen this a million times. Well, let me set it up, and then you tell me why it's fake. Uh, he was looking for a cure for cancer, and what he what he winds up doing is he found out this is what he claims and what he's showing in the videos that uh, if you aim a frequency beam at salt water at a certain frequency, it it ignites and you can light and burn the salt water. And the, I have to say the videos are pretty convincing. Sure. Well, I, the only thing missing is Penn Gillette. <laughs> well, why do you think it's not true? Well, I mean, it's possible that if you if you in, in, set, uh, put a pulse of energy into anything that is like, let's say, you know, whatever amount of uh, massive amount of energy, you can get a percentage of it to reflect back to you in some way, which is less than the energy you expended to begin with, which means it's a useless exercise. 
uh, which I suspect might be going on here. Uh, okay, so what you're space. saying is there's so much energy that has to go into creating the frequency that you don't get the enough energy back? Yeah. Mm. Saltwaterburns.com. Is assuming that this is not a complete scam, which is what I suspect, actually. Really? I mean, saltwaterburns.com. This is where you, you, you lose your... Uh, I'm not, uh, I, look, I didn't say, oh, boy, I'm, I'm buying shares. I just said, hey, man, I, you know, I'm bra- look, John, I, I got other things to do as well. You know, I could go sit with my wife. We can watch EastEnders. You know, we can watch uh, the repeat of Celebrity Big Brother. Me, which reminds me, are you going to set up that uh, sling box? Yeah. A dedicated line anytime soon with a, with a, with a channel controller? Yes. Uh, all I'm waiting for is Virgin to deliver. They still haven't. Yeah, it's typical Virgin. You know, the airline, I love the airline. But when it comes to the cell phone service, they're fucking donkey dicks. And it just customers, it is not the Virgin customer service because it's purchased companies. They bought NTL, the cable company, which everyone knows as NT Hell. They slapped Virgin on it. I must say they did, uh, you know, there are two uh, commercial campaigns running here. One is for Virgin where they have, um, what's the girl from Thelma and Louise and Kill Bill? Uh, Emma, um... Come on, the the tall, blonde, beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's I her know. name? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's her Irma, name? Irma uh, Th- Uma Thurman. Thurma, Thurma, Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. Uma Uma. Yeah. So she's she's doing um, commercials for Virgin, um, Samuel Jackson, and really stylized, great commercials. But the one that blew me away is for the insurance company Aviva. Uh, and it's and it's a new name. I forget what you know. They're like First National Insurance, blah blah, whatever their name is. But you're watching television, and all of a sudden you see um, Bruce Willis uh, in an action uh, scene, and um, and he and he says, "Well, you know, uh, would would any guy named whatever his real name was, you know, Bruce Willenthorpe or whatever, uh, would, do you think he could become an action star?" And then you see um, uh, Alice Cooper, and he says, uh, "Vincent Fournier, you know, that's not really a rock god's name." Um, and then uh, Ringo Starr. You know, would anyone you know think that uh, Ron Starkey, whatever his real name was, you know, that he could be a, a huge pop star? And it's like it's like eight celebrities, and you're watching this. You're like, you think it's like a promo for the Oscars or something? And then it's like, um, sometimes a name change is important. First National Insurance bullshit is now Aviva, and it's just mind-boggling. This must have cost millions to put this together. Huh. Really, one of the better commercial campaigns I've seen in a long time. Well, so any, better ones are, so there, long story get. short, uh, yeah, I'm going to get that for you. Once a uh, silly virgin shows up and installs uh, installs the uh, the connection, and uh, then I got the box down here, and I already have the sling box, and then you're going to be good to go, man, because I'll have uh, – I'm trying to get the 50 megabit line. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, they're not sure if they can get me that because of where we are, but they, the 20 megabit for sure, which is not bad. Well, so we have a sling box in Detroit. We've got one in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't got, been on Hawaii yet. I, I usually use Detroit. And- oh, this uh, Hawaii is pretty funny. If you can get to well, on the news show, they. I was watching some news show in uh, one of the stations in Hawaii, and they have a sportscaster or a weatherman. I can't remember which now, who is the size of a house. This guy <laughs> is. He's like a Samoan. He is so big, and he sits on this on the set, and he's like this. He like takes over the whole set. He didn't get the Al Roker <laughs> memo yet. That thin I as mean, it's huge, huge. I mean, this guy's um, unbelievable. It's just the weirdest thing. You'd, you'd only expect to see 
something like that in Hawaii. But we need somebody with a sling box in Hong Kong or uh, it, and, China. And I'll say it really does help. It's you know it's really appreciated because and you know yeah. we, we we get to, we get more information. You know we learn more about what's going on and what's perceived as important in local markets. I mean it's wow what a difference with the national bullshit that's being spewed. Uh, somebody would be. It would be good to have Costa Rica. I think would be cool. And uh, how about Russia? I'll take a Russian sling box. I'll take an Iranian sling box. I'll take a Polish sling, sling Polish yeah, sling box. Stuff. Yeah, the problem is getting stuff in English from some of these. Um, but yeah, but, even, but that, anyway, that doesn't even Australia matter. I mean, it doesn't really even matter. Just just to be able to tune in at kind of you know prime time news time and just you, know, you can see what the stories are. I mean, that kind yeah. of works. So anyway. So the guys that that started the Slingbox company, you know, they sold the whole company to Dish Network. Right. And uh, they, I just they had their one year. They had to stick around. So now all those founders are gone. So they're going to come up probably with something else somewhere. Some new idea, you think? No, no, no. I thought that idea was pretty creative. When I first heard of it, I thought, well, I don't know, is that a good idea? But it turned out to you know be very workable. Well, I think what they should do is they should do more of that community aspect, although I'm sure there's all kinds of legal ramifications that make it difficult. But, you know, this little community that uh, which is perfect because you and I benefit, <laughs> no one else does, is is, is beautiful, man. You know, and, and now right, uh, the what's the guy from um, Detroit? I forgot his name. No, we have it. Is it Detroit or Chicago? No, it's Detroit. Detroit. It's across from Canada. So, you know, I, I, I actually I sent him an email. I said, thank you again, man. I, I just want you to know how much I'm enjoying this. He said, yeah, you know, no problem. Although, you know, my, my uh, brother and my brother-in-law and my sister or whatever, you know, they're moving. And so now they're going to be using it. So you'll have to fight for access. And it's true. And I was like, oh, crap. Someone's already on it. I can't watch. And, uh, yeah, well, they, you know, typically people get tired of that. I mean, I only look at it once in a while. I mean, when I want to just look at some Canadian stuff. And, but I'm going to have a, a one probably set up in Port Angeles where we get uh, two or three Canadian stations up there plus Seattle. Right. And you're going to give me yeah. access to that, right? That's yeah. Yeah. And it'll be off of a fiber optic line. So it'll be like great. Hot shit. You could set up. A, well, th- this should be able to create more accounts depending on you know your bandwidth. I guess that's where the whole legality comes in. You can share it and you can't share it. You can only use it. You know, that would be broadcasting, I guess, technically. Yes. Yeah, again, they, they don't like promoting the idea because there's some something amiss. I mean, I think it was funny that the Dish Network bought them in the first place because what they managed to because, you know, here's the problem I've always it, it's irksome to anybody out there who gets a satellite. Why can I buy the local stations off of the Dish Network from the Bay Area where I'm where I am or from Seattle where I am, but if I wanted to buy the Seattle stations from down here in the Bay Area, I can't do it. And if I want or if I wanted to like buy New York, what if I just wanted a New York local station so I could watch New York TV because I go to New York a lot? Right. I can't do it. No. And why? And you talk to him, but we can't do it because it's against the law. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, why is it against the law? So they come up with, I mean, it makes no sense. And so why? So they came up with this. So they bought the sling box, which is kind of a way of circumventing the law. But it's just it's idiotic that it's against the law. I mean, why is it against the law? For me to sit here in the San Francisco Bay Area and watch New York television, if I want to. Well, I think you should put that to the president-elect. Yeah, well, he'd probably make it worse. 
He has reserved $650 million for the digital switchover for coupons. Yeah, I got my coupons, by the way. Of course so you I did. Got, Isn't that for so aged got, people who have no money? I was just about to drop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, that's you, aged people with no money. There you go. So you got your coupon. Lovely. I got my two coupons, and I'll tell you, the thing about them is as soon as you get them, you go, my God, why are they wasting this much money on these things? You get the things. that They look like the most advanced high-tech credit card you've ever seen. It's a credit They've card? Got a, yeah, it's a card, a hard credit card with an embossed number, and it's got a big hologram on it. Oh, this stinks. Oh, this stinks. Scan that puppy for me, man. What the fuck is that? So they've got your name, and you've got a credit no, card? No, no, your name's what not on it. So, but your name probably is associated with the well, number has somewhere. To be. Yeah, you were And here's what's weird about it. If you want to get one of these boxes, you, 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 I mean, the, the, the selection at the Best Buy and all the local stores sucks. Because if you do any research, you find you want the Channel Master. There's one or two no, of these you, down. You get the basic, uh, the basic unit. You don't get anything good. You can get a good one if you go online. And if you go online, they ask you for the card number. So what do I need all the security on the card for if I'm just typing it into a box, ordering it online? It you get the no hologram. Sense. They could have given us a barcode and a, and a number, and that would have been fine. It would have saved a couple of bucks per person. I mean, these are the most expensive cards I've ever seen. They're gorgeous, by the way. Who makes them? Item. Who makes them? I'm sure that who's doing the – so, oh, man, what a scam. So someone's made these cards. There's a back-end system. Who, who's the back-end system? It's on the card. Know. Do you have the card there? Well, I don't have the – no, they're downstairs. Like They're around somewhere. Yeah. But um, you should I take a look it. at I'll that. See, I, you should take a look at I'll that. I'll see if I can figure it out. But I mean, I I showed it on the Cranky Geek Show, and I've, I've been I took it to the office. And I show people these cards. Nobody, of course, orders them but me. Yeah. Uh, because you know, I think it's just you know, you're basically getting some free electronic gear that might come in handy if you have an old monitor. Hey, or can something. you put me on Cranky Geeks uh, the twenty eighth? Uh, probably. Yeah, I'd like to if do you, the show. If you assure us that you'll actually show up. Oh, please, if you assure me that there's actual audio on the fucking show, I'll show up. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so I got these, these. Just gloss over that one. You guys lost I, the I, audio. I just, it's, it's you lost the audio. Who did that? How did you lose the audio? Who, I mean, is this because, I, is this yeah, a yeah, Medio production? I, you know, it's a sore point with me, so don't. Just answer the I, question. Is it, is it because of Medio production? Because somebody screwed up. At Medio? Well, it has to be Mevia. We're we're producing it. Yes. Do we know the person who screwed up? Yeah. Is he fi is he fired? No. Can, no. Has he been flogged? Can we humiliate him publicly? I think he should be flogged, but we will get to that later. Anyway, so John, um, this is what people are, they're so antsy now. They want to know. Just yeah, tell me what I don't need to know who did it right now on the air. Who who what happened? I don't know what happened. He apparently flipped the wrong switch because the th weird thing about it was during the we were streaming the thing and they were, the sound was going out, but for some reason it wasn't being recorded. The video was being recorded and the sound wasn't. I have no idea how you can even do that. Jeez, jeez, Louise, did you freak out? Oh, I just felt annoyed because it was actually a pretty good show. So, um, but, right. you know, another show will come along. So, yeah, you can be on the 28th. So, um, so anyway, Thank so I'm you. dragging these cards around. Of course, nobody, you know, has ordered these cards. And so now everybody, of course, got, went online to try to get one. I think just they're 
I don't know if you're going to be able to get one by the end of the year. They have an expiration date on them, too, which makes it even more dumb. So they send out these expensive <laughs> cards <laughs> with the hologram and all the security crap like you need it. So wait a minute. So and they then, also had to put terminals at all these outlets. They had to have card readers. No, all they do is that, no, but then nobody does. All they, they do is they, they, they just type in that number. Oh, jeez. That's the joke of it. Oh, my God. Anyway, I just thought it was a complete waste of government money. This is the taxpayers should be up in arms about this. No, but they are cool looking. They're collectible. <laughs> They're cool looking. You get I'm to take it put home. them in a frame. I'm going to take the whole letter. I'm going to frame it and put it up as, a, as an example of government waste. All right, I'll do one more. We got to go, man. I'll do one more story for you. This is from a New York Magazine. Uh, an interview with Gene Lang, who's a manager at uh, the at a hedge fund. And uh, he uh, he says, I'm, here's how he's hedging on the economy. Preparations, in Lang's case, include a storeroom in his basement in New Jersey stacked high with enough food, water, diapers, and other necessities to last his family six months, a biometric safe to hold his guns, and a 1985 ex-military Chevy K5 Blazer that runs on diesel and is currently being retrofitted for off-road travel. He has also entertained the idea of putting an inflatable speedboat in a storage unit on the west side so he could get off the island quickly and is currently considering purchasing a remote farm where he could could hunker down. If there's a financial system breakdown, it could take a year to reset the system, and in that time, what's going to happen, asked Lang. If New York turns into a scene out of I Am Legend, I want to be ready. (laughs) Yeah, these are the guys that are making our decisions in the hedge fund level. Isn't that amazing? What a nutball. Well, apparently there was a lot of discussion about that, about um, certainly investing in guns and uh, high, high-speed high inflatable boats uh, at the end of 2008, and not just him, but like hedge fund managers. I mean, they're all probably made of the same wood, right, these guys? I just thought yeah. that was... Uh... They're all nuts. <laughs> yes, indeed. All, all right. right. All right, that's it. Yeah, I think, uh, here we go. I think we're yeah, done. No notes for next week. No, man, we covered everything. And you know what? I think everything went much better because I didn't open up the chat room and the and the phone bridge and all that shit. Just, just the stream. With a lot of people. Uh, well, John, that was fun. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. You do it as a public service, I know, but it's still appreciated on a personal level. We have we'll have a new T-shirt design next week. Can it be something with throw in the O? I'm gonna get the I'm gonna do the ObamaCon uh, thing with our pictures, and listeners feel free to work on that as well because I'm not too good with the photoshops. Wouldn't that be great for a T-shirt? Have I the think t- so. Have the two of us ObamaCon on the front. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Get welcome to Gitmo Nation. Speaking of such and which and of that, from Gitmo Nation East in Southwest London, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Devorek here in Silicon Valley North. Oh, also well, known as I don't ahead. know what. Gitmo Nation West, West. Northwest. We'll talk to you again next week on No Agenda. <laughs>